Good. Okay, so um, my name is Andrea. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi from Santa Rosa, California. And uh, this is the workshop on the joy in sharing our recovery sponsorship. Uh, first thing they asked me to let you know is to remember about the silent auction and the boutique that are going on upstairs in the Scalini room. Okay. So, um, welcome to this workshop. And before we get started, we'll ask that all cell phones please be turned off and other electronic equipment. Even if you think it's off, please make sure. This session is being taped. All participants are required to sign the release form, which is there. Okay. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of the individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Please remember... Uh, OA members affiliated with related facilities or other 12-step programs are requested to speak to the um, to the OA program only. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we can have an ask it basket. Will be circulated for the questions and answer portion of the session. If there's any press in this room, please respect the anonymity by not taking any pictures, uh, using a video camera, or using our full name. Uh, the topic for the session is sponsorship, and I think we should probably stop and go with the serenity prayer first. Yeah, because it didn't say that here. Okay. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, our first speaker is Maya. Hi, everybody. I'm Maya. I am a compulsive overeater. Hi, Maya. Hi, everybody. Um, really great to be here um, today, and I'm going to share a little bit about... Um, how I was as a sponsee and what, what I did as a sponsee and also um, how it's been for me as a sponsor. Um, are there any people, how many people in here are sponsors? Oh, yay. Oh, good. And are there any people in here that don't have a sponsor? Well, awesome. Well, I'm going to speak anyway about um, my experience, what it was like when I first came in the program. Um, I, I came into the program um, September 15th, uh, 2000, um, I guess it was 2009, and um, was really desperate, pretty, pretty bankrupt physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And um, uh, my first meeting, I just, I heard, uh, you know, people talking about all the things that I felt so ashamed of that I, I felt like I could never talk to anybody about. And they were sharing their feelings and about getting well. And I realized there was a lot of people there that had what I wanted. And I really wanted to um, get well at that point. So um, I, I just, in that instant, um, really became willing to do whatever was suggested. I listened to what was read and what, you know, that if you follow these suggestions, you too can recover from compulsive overeating. And that's what I wanted. 
So I um, I got my newcomer's packet. I read everything in there. Um, I uh, I called the person that did my newcomer's meeting that afternoon and said, what do I eat? What do I do? And she was awesome and gave me some suggestions. And, um, and then over the next about uh, five months, I began uh, hunting her down as my sponsor. <laughs> and in our inner group, um, I'm from up north, um, there weren't a lot of people in meetings that were raising their hands that saying they were available for sponsors. What I heard was, you know, listen for people that have what you want and ask that person to be your sponsor. All I knew is I desperately needed help and I needed guidance and I needed accountability. I needed to be accountable to somebody because trying to figure it out on my own for 30 years was not working. And I had tried every kind of diet and every kind of weight loss thing and I always ended up back in, with my face in the food. Um, so I got some really good suggestions uh, from my friend at that point, and then um, I kept kind of asking her, you know, are, are you available as a sponsor? I would hear things that she would share, and uh, they touched me, and they resonated with me, and she had what I wanted, especially around the areas of emotional recovery and, and, and coming out of the place of isolation and being able to really learn how to relate to people, and that was a big thing for me. I was very, very isolated. Um, so I, uh, I just kind of, you know, she'd say, no, I'm really full right now. Well, can I continue to call you? Yes. So after a while, I said, can you give me any writing? <laughs> it was kind of a sneaky backdoor way of getting a sponsor, but it worked for me. Uh, I started writing on the steps. She gave me a set of questions. I started writing the answers. Um, she was traveling a lot at the time. Um, so I would call and leave lengthy. I would leave my writing what I had written on her voicemail. And that, that kept me abstinent, you know, just being accountable, just getting real, getting honest with what I needed to look at. So um, after a while, uh, we were like finishing up with the step two questions and she kind of said, well, you know, I guess, I guess I'm sponsoring you and we're going on. But what I think she really saw was that I was willing. I was willing to do whatever she wanted me to do. And if she would have said, okay, now's the week that we, uh, you know, in our underwear, go out and stand on the corner with the billboard that says, I joined OA, I would have said, okay, what weekend is that, you know? Because I was just really, there was a part in me that felt like I was ready to get well. I wanted to, t I wanted to take action, and she was willing to guide me. So um, it's not always easy to find a sponsor, but I feel like... Um, when you're just willing and you show up and you listen to people and um, even just say, can you help me? I mean, how many people in OA are going to say, no, I'm not willing to help you? You know, we're, we all know that we get better by helping each other. And, um, you know, somebody that has even a little bit of recovery can help somebody else and take their hand and lead them in. So um, when you're willing, I, I feel like it's a um, when you find that I wrote down working with a good sponsor is a privilege, and um, when you have a sponsor, use a sponsor. Be willing to call that person. Be willing to be accountable. Be willing to be honest. Um, use your sponsor or lose your sponsor. That's what happens. Um, uh, the commitment is really important, and and you know for now. Um, it's good to mention that there really are no perfect sponsors out there. I, I think uh, a lot of people wait for a really long time to find their perfect sponsor. They don't exist, people. They really are not out there. But I'll tell you what, um, somebody that 
you know, that you keep hearing or that you keep bumping into or that you keep getting the little higher powered messages that has something to offer you and you're willing, give it a shot, you know, and, and sponsorship is something you can always kind of change up and you can, you know, what I do with my sponsees now and what my sponsor did with me is we would check in periodically. How's it going? Are you getting what you need? Are you, you know... Uh, my my schedule's changing. This is my availability. Does that still work for you? We were constantly kind of feeling into what worked for each other, and um, it's been a really great relationship for me. I mean, there was a whole year for a while when I was on uh, step ten, where um, I was calling her every day and uh, and and putting out a, a very lengthy, sometimes a tenth step, you know. And she took those phone calls every day for a year. <laughs> Um, when she wasn't there, I'd leave them on her, you know, her voicemails would be very lengthy. Sometimes I'd leave two or three, but I'm very, very grateful that I had a a compassionate person to listen and guide me. And she never told me what to eat, which was such a blessing because I did not want to be told what to eat. I'd been on enough diets to know, you know, that they didn't work. And, you know, I had to over the, I had to really kind of hone down and find my own food plan. And she just encouraged me to be honest about that and keep checking in. And when there were little slippery slopes, I would always call her and talk to her about it. So um, um, as I said, there are no perfect sponsors, um, but there is a worst sponsor in the world for you, and that is yourself. (laughs) Sponsoring yourself does not work really well. I tried to do it for a really long time. I thought I knew, you know, the best way to guide myself, not necessarily in this program, but how to lose that 30 pounds, how to get off the sugar, how to get back into this exercise thing, whatever, and I always fell flat on my face. Um, I listened to a lot of uh, podcasts, and I heard this on one of them that I just really, I wrote it down, it really resonated, and it says, individually, we are sure to fail you, but as a whole, we will never let you fall. And that means that individually, a sponsor will not be your higher power. Um, A lot of us want to make our sponsor our higher power, but eventually you're going to get disappointed because that person is human, and that person is not always going to be the person that you want them to be for you, the parent figure, the therapist, the the whatever, you know. Um, A good sponsor will just keep guiding you back to the steps, which is what my sponsor has done over and over, and uh, it's been a real real good thing for me to know that. uh, when I did step three with my sponsor, and we, we did a little ritual around it, which I'll never forget. It was very powerful for me. Um, she said, you're ready to help others, you know. And I was like, what, me? And she said, you know, you've done step one, two, and three. You're abstinent. I had been abstinent for maybe three or four months at that time. And so I went out there and tried to, tried to talk. I did a newcomers meeting for half a year in one of my, as one of my services. I talked to a lot of newcomers. A lot of people asked me to sponsor them, and um, I failed a lot. And uh, I really had to learn, you know, over the course of, of uh, you know, this whole time of really how to become a better, uh, a better more compassionate sponsor and, and somebody that, um, you know, could really learn how to listen. That's not been an easy thing for me. Um, being a sponsor has been the best gift for myself. It's actually a very selfish thing for me because um, when I sponsor somebody, I'm sharing my experience, strength, and hope, but I'm, I'm getting well, too, with them. And, and um, I try and remember as much as I can to say the serenity prayer every time we speak or every time we meet. 
um, because that brings higher power into our connection. And I'm just a human being that's made a lot of mistakes and does not know all the answers and certainly doesn't know the answers for my sponsee. Um, but my higher power can come through me um, sometimes and, and guide that person towards, you know, um, what they might need to hear. And, and most often it's what I need to hear that, that comes through. So um, it was a great way in the beginning to really actually stay abstinent and stay on course. Um, when I began sponsoring people, I felt like, well, I've got to really, you know, walk the talk now. I've got to really do what I'm asking them to do. And a lot of times with some of my sponsees, I would work the steps in the same, you know, I'd go back and work those same steps and write on those same questions and ponder them that they were writing on so that we could really talk about it. Um, it's... Uh, it's been interesting because I always wanted to sponsor somebody that was just like me because I could do that really well because I know exactly what worked for me. But I have not gotten a sponsee like that yet. <laughs> um, I've had a lot of great, really beautiful opportunities to sponsor people that um, some of them have had a really hard time connecting with any kind of a higher power. Um, they have. Um, I've had to become super open-minded about you know, having nature be a higher power for that person. Um, any kind of power greater than ourselves can be a higher power and help somebody be abstinent. Um, another person um, that I loved working with, and I worked with her for almost two years, um, was so willing but could not stay abstinent. And therefore, the step work was, was kind of feeling like it was just kind of sludging, especially through step four. And so we would go back, you know, step one, we're powerless over food, our lives are unmanageable, you know. Not necessarily all the work and the writing and the reading again, but really what does it take, you know, where's the willingness? And um, after a while I had to actually um, direct her to find another sponsor because I personally did not have experience with um, re recovery from relapse. Um, so I, at a certain point I was kind of stumped as to how to help her. Um, we listened to uh, some really great podcasts together on um, people that had, you know, that, that only sponsor slippers and people that can't stay abstinent. And I learned a lot from that, but at a certain point, I think she needed a different sponsor, and that was a really hard thing uh, to let go of, but I really needed to direct her elsewhere. And since then, I know she's found a sponsor that really works better for her. So I'm not going to be the best sponsor for everybody. But I, I can only offer what, what experience I have and, and kind of what, what's worked for me. Um, there are um, some things that I like to give to um, when I first start working with somebody. I always write down, we have a list that goes around our meetings with a column that says available to sponsor, question mark. And I always write temp in there because I'm absolutely willing to work with to help anybody who's just starting out because it was so valuable to me when I first came in and those first few days I was on shaky ground and I needed somebody to really hold my hand and that person was there for me and I could call them every day and I could talk to them and cry and you know um, ask them a lot and um, so I really always want to extend that hand because that's what was there for me um, if somebody calls me, a lot of them never call, but um, if somebody calls me and and has the enthusiasm and, and is willing and wants to start working, um, I ask, you know, we, we just do like a let's, let's, let's go down this road and check in in about a month and see how it's going. Um, I ask them to think about five things they want in a sponsor. 
uh, five things they need in a sponsor and five things they're willing to do to work with a sponsor. And that helps the sponsee get really clear on what their part is, I think. Um, It's really good. Then we talk about those things. Um, On my end as a sponsor, I have to... um, Set the trial period to check in and see how it feels after a month or two. Um, give suggestions for working the tools, meetings, a food plan, etc. if they need that. Um, explain my role as a sponsor, that I'm a guide for them through the steps, sharing only my experience, strength, and hope, that I'm not a therapist. And I need to remind myself of that a lot of times because I certainly have that piece where I want to go down that road and try and help them solve all their problems. Um, we, we try and work out times where they can call me that work best. Um, I'm a great person on email, so I, I, I offer that people can email me their food in the morning if they want to do that. Um, I will respond if they want that. If not, it's just nice to know that there's somebody on the other end reading what they're wanting to commit to that day. Um, I ask all my sponsees to make the initiative to call me. I don't track them down. I don't I don't go after them. If I don't hear from them after a week or two, you know, I know they're thinking about it. I, I go on. I help other people. I'm doing my life. I'm there for them if they want to use me and need me. So it's up to them. Uh, the sponsee really needs to take the initiative um, the, way I, the way I work this, this tool. Um, I also explain about how important anonymity is to me. I don't, I've never told anybody who my sponsor is, and I don't really like... I think that when you attach a personality to a role in recovery, all of a sudden there's a story for people. And um, it's principles above personalities, so I always just say, my sponsor suggests, or, you know, and I let them know that I value that um, in our relationship as well. Um, As far as um, the questions that I was um, given from my sponsor to to think about um, when I sponsor somebody else is what are my goals and what is my intent as a sponsor? Well, first of all, it's my own abstinence and recovery. I, you know, I feel an obligation to my own recovery and abstinence to share this program. Um, there's not one word in the big book about sponsor or sponsorship, but it's really based around two drunks sitting at a kitchen table keeping each other sober. And that is still something that really touches my heart today because that's what we need. We need to help each other. And if somebody has one day of sobriety or abstinence and somebody else does not, they can help that person. They can understand. They can tell them what they did yesterday to stay abstinent. Um, Also, I need to check in and and, uh, ask myself, what limits do I need to set with time, um, responsibility to my sponsees? There was a time in in the early days where... I would talk to a sponsee and I'd go, oh, it's been an hour and a half, you know, and, I, I, and I'm hungry or I've got to feed my cats or something. So I really had to learn about my own boundaries around sponsoring. Um, that was really good for me because once it starts feeling good to give, I just give, 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 give. Um, so I like to set those boundaries. And I think really good, clear communication with your sponsee is so important and checking in and honesty, you know. Um, I tell them if something's going on, if something's bothering you, if I say things that feel like they're triggering something or pushing you away, let's please talk about that. You know, let's get it out in the open so we can stay in communication. Um, my sponsor taught me that when I have to, that we all kind of have to learn about how to how to actually be um, 
be in relationship with people sometimes for the first time in our lives, and we get to practice with people in the program. And this sponsor-sponsee relationship is an excellent way to do that. Um, I also heard something on a podcast that these are like four really hardcore questions. I usually don't ask these of my sponsee, but I think they're really valuable. Um, number one, uh, when you know, this is for somebody that's like got a lot of sponsees and you know really wants to cut to the chase and get to the core of good recovery with somebody. Uh, number one, are you willing to go to any lengths for your recovery? Number two, are you convinced that you cannot do this alone? Number three. Are you willing to try what I did that has worked for me? Number four, are you willing to follow directions? And if that person with a full, whole heart can answer yes to all four of those, then we're on. You know, let's do the dance. Let's let's walk this road together. Let's get well together. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just end with reading this one thing in from our OA 12 and 12. Um, it's on page 100, and it's in step 12. Um, let's see. Perhaps it is fortunate for us and for the millions of compulsive overeaters who still suffer that most of us who've worked this program will be unable to keep the recovery we have unless we share our experience, strength, and hope with others. Some of us have tried to follow our program in isolation and have been unable to keep our emotional balance and our abstinence. This has been po- Had this been possible, we might not be here today to carry the message to newcomers. We would have missed the very best part of the 12 steps, for the greatest joy of recovery comes to us when we share our OA program with others. So it's, it's really been um, a wonderful thing to be able to... Um, use this tool of sponsoring and, um, and to really actually be lucky and have a great sponsor and, um, and to walk the road with all of you. So thanks for listening. I have, um, if somebody's interested, I made a few copies of some of the questions that I read, so I'll, I'll keep these up here. I'll just, after, afterwards, I'll, I'll put them over there. Thank you, Maya. Okay, our second um, speaker is Rex. Hello, my name is Rex, and I am a compulsive overeater and an exercise bulimic. And let's see, I was born in New York City, and I have uh, two older brothers and a younger sister. And uh, from a very young age, I can remember uh, stealing food. Uh, My mom would uh, buy some stuff, and I would steal much and deny it, and then eat the uh, round things that people do for their birthdays. But so I'm going to fast forward a little. So this started way back a long time ago. Um, I um, it's funny. 18 years ago today, I got uh, busted. I was in the Navy, stationed up in Lemoore, and I got uh, well, not busted uh, for being intoxicated during working hours. This is part of my story, so I have to share it. So what the Navy did was offer me two choices, either go to rehab or get um, get some help. I mean, no, no, go to rehab or get punished, get reduction in pay and this and that. And I go, do I still keep my pay? And they said yes. And I go, good, I'll go to rehab then. <laughs> so <clears throat> here I was. Um, this was back in July uh, – 
of uh, 96, and I was in the military. I was stationed up in Lemoore. It's in the middle of summer. It's really hot there. And I'm wearing this jacket, huge, uh, uh, foul weather gear jacket. And uh, the person that interviewed me at the recovery, at the, uh, at the rehab, gave me a little questionnaire, the 15 questions. Do you eat when you're not hungry? Do you eat when you're this and this? And the smart doctor that he was, he said, well, alcoholism is your primary addiction, second addiction, compulsive overeating. You're going to go to AA, then this and that. And I go, okay, whatever. So that's the first time anybody told me. Thank God somebody told me because I never, still to this day, I probably would have never uh, said that I'm a compulsive overeater. So uh, since then, luckily for me too, it being a, spir- a spiritual program, I mean, they uh, they worked the 12 steps in the recovery place. So uh, being there, part of the requirement, it was a six-week in- inpatient, so being there, the first requirement was to get a sponsor. So they used to drive us around little white vans. And so, I mean, so that was a requirement. We had like a little checklist. So get a sponsor, uh, work the first three steps before we can graduate. <laughs> so, so I did the little thing. So I, I went up to somebody and said, hey, would you be my sponsor? And I got the number, and so I showed the person. So that was my first fake sponsor, kind of. I just did it to go through the motions to go through. So... So long story short, so I, I do have 18 years sober, thank God, today. Uh, I have seven years abstinence. Um, uh, so that means that I've relapsed quite a few times in OA. Um, so I got sent back to my base, and I didn't have – there was no OA there, so there was AA. So I went to AA meetings, and I go, well, I'll just follow my three meals a day, nothing in between. And I lost like 60 pounds. And and uh, then I got out of the military and I blew up to 300 pounds. And then I came back to OA again, worked step one, two, three, got no sponsor, used OA as a uh, diet and calories club thing, you know, sharing how, how much weight I lost every week or every month and uh, three small meals, Diet Coke and sugarless gums, and my jaws were hurting <laughs> of eating so much sugar that's gum but uh but i lost 100 pounds and the most depressing thing was after that i uh said now my life was going to gain because i lost 100 pounds i was looking good i bought some brand new clothes i went to this nightclub and i go now my life's going to begin <laughs> and i was still that same person sitting in the back corner just lost 100 pounds nothing changed that was pretty depressing to realize that i didn't have a weight problem but it wasn't my weight, wasn't my problem. So, in and out of way a few more times, had uh, a great, I, I worked this other program, I had a great abstinence, I worked steps one, two, three, long and behold, my dad died, uh, broke up in a relationship, and I started eating again, gained like 75 pounds, uh, miserable, terrible depression, uh, flunked out of school, because my dad died, well, because I because I, I wasn't working any, I didn't have no spiritual program. Matter of fact, when I left away, nobody even called to miss me. <laughs> so, so I came back again seven years ago, and this time it, it really you know it takes a lot more every time you come back. So I got serious and got a sponsor, and uh, I was working the steps. I worked one, two, three, and then I was taking a long time on step uh, four. 
and then I signed up to go to a men's retreat and I go, good, I can just really concentrate there and, and do finish my fourth and my sponsor was going to give my fifth step while I was there. And I remember finishing my fourth step. It was like four or five o'clock and I said, Oh, can we do our fifth step? And I goes, Can you wait after till after dinner? Because you know, <laughs> uh, I was so excited. But um so here's me working the steps with a sponsor. Anyway, long and behold, so I I finished my steps. Um so that's the first so I'm not gonna so please don't work the program I worked. I mean like no no sponsor, no steps, uh, you know, losing weight and trying to hold the weight off is it's really tough, you know. So I don't recommend that. Um so since then I've uh in the last seven years I've worked the steps probably four or five times. Uh so one year back in OA, uh, so six years ago, I went to an OA retreat. And when I got back, I got a gift. I raised my hand at the, the Monday meeting, and oh, I was saying I was a uh, a sponsor, and somebody asked me to be if they, if they can be my sponsee, and I was like, oh, damn, I, okay, yes, <laughs> I said. So I got my first sponsee. That was a gift, I think, from God. You know, one year absent. That was that was the same day I got the gift. So I had my sponsee. And thank God, he was a really good sponsor. He really wanted this program with everything, you know. He gave, uh, he called me, we set times, we met. And since then, in the last, uh, well, in the last seven years, I've probably had 25 sponsees, maybe, on and off. But a lot of those sponsees don't stay. So, you know, and, and I have different sponsees come up to me and they go, I just bought the OA workbook and I have the 12 and 12. Can we work it out of that? I go, sure. That's a great way to work the steps. Um, other sponsees say, can I work the the step? I only have the big book. Can we work the steps using the big book of AA? And I go, sure, because I've, I've actually done both, and I think they're great. So I don't think there's any perfect way of working the steps. I think the only wrong way of working the steps is not doing them at all. So I, uh, you know, I wrote all these things, but I don't think I need them. I don't remember what. Actually, I came here, and my topic, uh, as of a month ago, I thought it was progress, not perfection. But when I got here, I said, no, that's not your topic. <laughs> it's sponsorship. So here I go, getting prepared for nothing. Um, so so I, I work um, – so I also tell my sponsees – I also tell them that, you know, the third tradition states that the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. That's it. That's only the, the only requirement for OA membership. I also tell them about the seventh tradition because sometimes they ask me. I actually uh, am the newcomer person on and off for the Monday night meeting, so I run the newcomer meeting. But I think it's important to tell a lot of the newcomers that we're self-supporting through our own contributions because sometimes people ask me, oh, how much do I have to pay or how much do the classes cost? You know, like uh, there's no classes. But um, – so I also tell them that, you know, it's progress, not perfection. Um, you know, I can't really keep something unless I give it away. And I, I got to say that, you know, you know, Bill told Lois that, you know, I, I'm sponsoring all these people. And uh, do you guys know who Bill is? I'm just sorry. <laughs> so Bill told Lois, you know, I'm sponsoring all these people, but they're, but they're getting drunk. And she goes, but you're not. So, um, 
I always pray before I meet with a sponsee because, and that puts me at such an ease because I always say like I got nothing to share or whatever. Or I don't have uh, anything to say, but when I pray, or there can be days, and you know, I tell sponsees say, "Well, I don't want to bother you," and I also tell them this is like washing your hands. You know, one hand washes the other. You can't do it by yourself. Um. I tell my sponsees, you know, I tell them about the tools and the importance of the tools. I tell them that, uh, you know, it's in the big book. I like the big book. Uh, it says that the big book says that we need a, uh, you know, all we need to do is change everything. In a way, I think it's, <laughs> in a way, I think uh, it's really tough. So, you know, I go to the other program too. You know, they don't, I don't know if they have tools or not, but I know we do. But I think the tools are really important. So I go through with them. And uh, so, you know, I tell them about the anonymity, that there's no, no hierarchy in OA. You know, the highest level you can achieve in OA is, guess what, abstinence. You can't get any higher than that. So even somebody with 25 years of abstinence or 200 pounds weight loss, keeping it off for 50 years is no better than someone that just came in. Uh, and I also... Um, <clears throat> What, what first worked for me was getting a sponsor was – my first sponsor was really pushy. You know, we worked step one, two, three. I know I'm a little out of order here. And then he wanted me to do the fourth step, and I couldn't just do it. I just didn't know how to do it. I I didn't know, you know. I couldn't do it perfectly, so I couldn't do it at all. Character defects. Perfectionism. Um, so sometimes sponsees call me and, uh, you know – I like to set times with them, and I like to work. I usually work the steps with them. That's what I usually do. And I like to set times. Like, let's meet Tuesdays. Uh, let's see, I have one that I meet Tuesdays at 2 o'clock. So every Tuesday we meet, and I like to make it a routine so we continue. You know, we're doing something. We're working the steps of OA. You know, we're not, uh, you know, well, when you're ever ready, call me in three months, you know, kind of thing. Uh, so. You know, sometimes they'll say, oh, you know, Rex, I didn't get any. And I already have this time set. You know, time's valuable to me, too, you know. You know, I didn't. So I still sit down with them and spend that hour with them. And I, I don't like to spend more than an hour, maybe an hour and a half. It seems like too much information sometimes with a sponsor. Yeah, I like to sit down with them and and uh, read the big book. And I have a series of questions. There's actually something I use. I use different formats, but there's one that's called Idiot's Guide, which is great. I mean, that's me. That's It works, you know. The Idiot's Guide for AA, but it's been translated into OA, and it works along the big book. Um, um, so what worked for me – so the times – a lot of times when – you know, I've had all kind of sponsees. I have had to come in where they just weren't really willing to do anything, nothing. So I would have them break out the book and would sit right next across the table. You know, and some people have uh, disabilities, and some people have handicaps, and some people have a lot of anxiety and depression and can't get out of the food. But I still take my time to sit with them. And maybe in an hour and a half, we'll write two, two or three questions. I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'll break it out of them. You know, what, what does the question say? What does that mean to you? And have them write it right in front of me because it's my time, too. So I don't like, I don't know, sometimes I wonder, I, I think I'm kind of lenient because I don't have them do, this is the way, either this way or the highway, or you know, I'm not like that because that would have never worked for me, ever, you know. Um, actually, the, the sponsor I have now, I've known him for, I don't know, 18 years or something, but um, 
he uh, but he's more of a friend now not a i mean he's not my uh sponsor sponsor right now so um let's see what I have a lot of my sponsees call you know they have one week abstinence and they they uh you know binge last night or this and that and i uh and i you know and i try to show them the progress they've made you know or they call me and i go well you know the other six days you did pretty good you know or whatever you know because this this disease is very shaming and there's a lot of guilt and shame that goes along with it, you know and it's that's what compulsive overeaters do we binge and eat i mean that's what we do that's what i do i mean i'm maybe before seeing a sponsor i'm too stressed out and do my homework <laughs> i'm gonna you know binge and eat or whatever you know i don't know that's what i do so you know uh i like i like the big book of alcoholics anonymous because uh it offers promises and it also states how 100 men and women have recovered and this is back in like 1938 something so they said have recovered so i tell them that too um, i also ask them what their compulsive reading looks like cuz there's people people have different types of uh, compulsive reading you know some people uh binge eat at night only i notice a lot of people have that pattern where they eat mostly at night or some people can eat on lettuce or whatever but we'll try to figure out what it is and i'm usually pretty gentle with them oh well can you let go of this big thing or can you try to eat just three meals today you know for some people it's three binges a day or whatever but at least they're not grazing all day long i don't know everybody's is different um i also tell them that you don't graduate from oa you know cuz a lot of them uh i tell them this that if they know what the graduation of song of oa is and it's uh, welcome to mcdonald's can i take your order <laughs> <laughs> um, you know the love of a sponsor can really make a difference in someone's life you know it can really change somebody's life to see you know the big book says to see to see people grow to see people lose 100 pounds to see people get into relationships to see people get out of relationship to see people not getting the program whatever to see i mean but you you know if you go to meetings regularly if you you see a lot of people going through and some people staying and uh, i'm a big proponent of always uh, speaking to newcomers and uh, sometimes people ask you know i've been looking for a sponsor for a year or something like you know, like, just get a sponsor. It doesn't have to be the perfect sponsor or whatever. Or if you don't like me, I'm not going to be, you know, uh, sponsees have fired me. I, I got to say it hurt, you know, but they <laughs> say you're fired. And I've sp- fired sponsee. The only one I've ever s- fired was because um, it was a man. Well, I don't want to get too much, but I think he had an attraction for me. And he, he started, uh, and I, I just couldn't handle it. I didn't know that. I'm Well, I don't want to talk about that stuff, but I'm... Uh, uh, I didn't. I couldn't. I think he wanted something more than I can give him. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so uh, I had to let that go. I had to tell him I had to set boundaries. I go. This is not working for you. And it has to work. The, it has to work with the sponsee and with the sponsor. So it has to work for both people. Um, you know, the, the great thing about sponsoring is that uh, you know we as compulsive uh, me as a compulsive reader, I have a relationship with food. That's what I do. I like to isolate and eat. But getting into sponsorship, all of a sudden you're getting a relationship with people. 
it's really what we really want, or at least that's what I really want. I want to have relationships with people, loving and caring relationships. So in being able to sponsor, I can do that. You know, uh, so that gives me a lot of joy. There's days when I'm really upset and at work, getting off of work, and uh, I got to go meet uh, so and so. Took over step three at Starbucks, you know, 20 minutes away from my house, and I really don't want to do this, you know, can't they see how bad my work is? And then all of a sudden I'm sitting and I'm like, whoa, I just read step three and all this stuff. Like, did I forget to turn over my whole day, you know? So sometimes it really works for me. Sometimes I feel like sponsoring has a lot to do more with my recovery than with theirs. I've heard before that it's a sponsee's job to keep the sponsor abstinent. <laughs> So um, it works, man, because sometimes they come and like, whoa, you know, I'm right there, too. Um, you know, this step three talks about the bondage of self that we're so, you know, we need to give, that we're so bind up with. So we need to give what we, we learn. You know, thy will not might be done. Um, you know, the people that have uh, problems with uh, spirituality or whatever, I think other persons have just mentioned it, but I, I tell them that, you know, it only takes them uh, the willingness to believe in a power greater than yourself. That's all it is. Or, uh, you know, they can use the spirit of the universe, Mother Earth, whatever, the sun. Uh, I also, some sponsees, a lot of people like to text their food. I used to use that for a while, too, you know. They text me their food, and I'm like, done. I finished my dinner. Sometimes I'll just write done. And then I was like, well, I just said I was done, so I guess I'm done. I mean, it helps me, too. So uh, so I have people text me their food. Some people write their food. Some people send me these long emails, and I just can't read them. So, but I do go back when I do a day or two and read them. Um. And I always remind them that it's this is a, a spiritual program, uh, so it's it's spiritual progress, not perfection. That th- this is about um, this is not a diet and calories club. It's not here to lose fifty pounds. And I mean th- that's part of. I mean this this program works on three levels. Is that three minutes or one minute? One minute. One minute. Okay. So, okay. So you know. It, I tell people not to sell themselves short like I did. You know, it works on the physical, the spiritual, and the emotional. You know, and without one or the other, you can't do it. And uh, I just want to say thank you for letting me be of service. And I wanted to welcome you all here to the San Francisco region, too. Oh, and I wanted to take a minute and put in a plug because I'm in the committee for the 2015 in San Diego convention. And uh, so we're meeting. So that's in, in San Diego. And I don't know if I'm supposed to give away, the, but our logo is going to be these what these little hands are. So we have one part done already. So we have a lot more to go. We're still, we still have a year, though. To, 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 uh, so I'm excited about that. But thank you for letting me speak. Speaker will be Rita. Is the ask it basket still going around too? Okay, good. Thank you. This is not working right. Okay, my name's Rita, and I'm a compulsive overeater. And I don't like going last because you guys already said everything. (laughs) 
I was going to say, so what am I going to do? Okay. <laughs> um, I, a couple things. Um, uh, I heard once that if somebody wants this program, there's not too much you can do to stop them. And if somebody doesn't want this program, there's nothing you can do to make them. And that's been true for me over the years. I came into this program 31 years ago this month. And um, I usually, I'm going to kind of cut my story short. Um, if there's newcomers, I usually try to tell my story because I've heard that, um, you know, the old guys in the AA book, they didn't go and tell the drunks about the solution because the drunks didn't care. They wanted to know that they understood what they were going through. So I usually spend some time telling you about my exploits. But um, since I, unless a newcomer snuck in and I didn't see it, I think um, nobody here is a newcomer. So um, I'm going to try to stick to topic, which is sponsorship. I was um, 50 pounds overweight when I came into this program. I'm sending around my pictures. My top weight was 232, considerably more than the 50 pounds overweight that I was when I came in, and that's part of my story. Um, uh, and I was binging daily, and I couldn't stop, and I was scared shitless. And um, a friend came by who had been heavy and wasn't anymore, and I said, of course, what do you say when you see, what would you do, you know? Now, when somebody asks me that, I mean, if they're not interested, if I assess that they don't really want to know what I'm doing, I say, I started eating less. And that usually ends the conversation. <laughs> but otherwise, I tell them about OA. But um, my friend uh, said, well, I'll take you to a meeting. I've been doing OA. And I said, okay. Oh, okay. She said, I just need to warn you, though, that they're going to talk about God. And she said, but don't worry, because God can be anything. It can be a light bulb. My God's a light bulb. I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, that seems pretty open. And uh, I didn't believe in God, and I didn't want to hear about God. And uh, But I was desperate. Have we heard this before? Desperate. The other thing I was really afraid of was being insane, um, mental health issues running my family and uh, was really scary to me and when I came in and heard step two I'm like jeez oh, what am I going to do but anyway the other thing I, um, I heard is that you should choose somebody for a sponsor that has what you want and I heard that all over I, in, in 31 years ago we didn't even have our own literature you know we read the big book and we read AA 12 by 12 and um, I heard that um, you should uh, ask somebody to be your sponsor that has what you want. So there was a young, pretty, slim girl in the meeting. So I asked her to be my sponsor because she was young and pretty. I wanted to be young and pretty. <laughs> so we started to try to work together. But um, we got to step two, and uh, I told her I don't believe in God. And she said, well, then you can't work the steps. You know, came to believe. And uh, I'm like, oh, geez, okay. But you know what? If somebody wants to work this program, you can't stop them. She didn't stop me. 
Um, I kept going, and I found somebody else to be my sponsor. I've had a lot of sponsors over the year. I hear people tell they have the same sponsor they had 30 years ago, and I hear, what, that must be really nice, you know? And I hear people say they came in and got abstinent and stayed abstinent for 30 years, and I go, that might be nice. That must be nice. That's not my story. And the wonderful thing about my story and everybody's story is that it can benefit someone else, and I cling to that. Because um, everything that I've gone through as uh, a member uh, has been useful to me as a sponsor. Every sponsorship relationship I've had has been useful to me as a sponsor. And um, then I, you know, I, I can remember, uh, you know, my memory is 31 years, you know, and I'm 68 years old now. So my memory's. You know, it's kind of, I, I liken it to kind of like looking at life through an organdy curtain and everything's a little bit blurry and every once in a while the wind blows and I get clear. I've seen some people with gray hair and none. <laughs> I, I get this kind of clear picture for a minute and then it's gone again. So I have some vignettes and one of them is um, trying to find a sponsor, asking person after person, nobody's available. I couldn't find anybody. I didn't really want a sponsor, but they told me I had to have a sponsor, and I believed them. And um, so um, I, 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 and they also told me act as if, and that saved my butt. Act as if. So I started. Okay, sounds crazy to me, but I started doing, and it worked. So I said, okay, if you're out there, listen to me. Get me a sponsor. I need a sponsor. I will take the next person that walks through that door, and says they're available. And this person came through the door with tattoos and, you know, hey, anyway, I don't want to say too much because nowadays that's kind of common, but 31 years ago it wasn't. And um, I said, okay, a deal's a deal. So I asked her to be my sponsor, and she agreed, and that's the first person I ever did a fifth step with. And I tell you, I love that woman. That woman showed me more love and than I'd ever felt in my life, more acceptance. It was, it was fabulous. I mean, I just remember crying and this weight that I've been carrying around that was, it was fabulous. But anyway, um, uh, then she moved away. I just have kind of a, that kind of a relationship with sponsors. I don't know if I burn them out or what, but they, they move away or drop out of the program or something. But anyway, so then I got this sponsor that was a double winner, and she was a big book thumper. And, oh boy, I really learned a lot from her. And, um, you know, uh, in those days, we had food sponsors and step sponsors. She didn't do both, which I... At this point in my sponsorship life, I'm like, that's crazy. But anyway, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I get a, you know, I try. I have certain ideas, but the longer I'm in OA, the more I know I don't know. And I try not to make a lot of judgments. You know that it's been said, there's no wrong way to sponsor. There's no wrong way to work this program. This just not working it. And I've benefited from everything that I've done in this program, so I'm not about to say something's wrong. But for me at this time, and I've changed the way I've sponsored over the years. Um, you know, I've, I sponsor a lot differently. I work my program a lot differently than I did when I first came in. Um, but I'll tell you, some of the ways that 
that um, I, I, I came in and I had seven years of strong abstinence. And um, then um, my sponsor moved away. And I moved towns and had to go to new meetings. And I had a baby. And, you know, I mean, you know, the list goes on. I mean, none of those things are an excuse to eat. But if you're looking for an excuse to eat, and then I went to a nutritionist because I didn't know how to eat pregnant. I didn't know how to be abstinent or pregnant, let's put it that way. And um, I used uh, some juice sweetened stuff, and, and they said, if you're going to eat that, you might as well eat sugar. Now, wouldn't you consider that a cautionary tale? <laughs> Not me. I said, oh, the nutritionist said I could eat sugar. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't believe... I believe that I work this program every day, and I can't give you a lot of dates and stuff when I did this or that because it's every day for me. It's one day for me. It's every day for me. And I'm crazy without this program. And as long as I'm working my program and remembering who's in charge, my life runs pretty good. And when I forget that, it doesn't. And I already told you I got a bad memory. I've forgotten a lot of things over the years. But um, so I had seven years and I lost it. And then um, I stayed out for a little while and uh, it just got worse. It just got crazier and the weight came, you know. I thought maybe I could do it myself. I hadn't done a lot of things that other people had done, like never done Weight Watchers, a lot of stuff I hadn't done. I thought, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I could do that. And, um, and so I tried all those things. Not all those things. I tried some of those things. And you know what? I knew it didn't work. And so I had to come back with my tail between my legs, so to speak. And um, really? Okay. Thank you. So <laughs> I'm moving right along here. Uh, see, it's such a long story. But anyway, I, I've had, I had a lot of years of not being able to keep kind of like chronic relapse. I'd be absent for a while, a year, two years, and lose it. I'd be abstinent for six months and lose it. I'm like, what the heck, you know? I just, I couldn't get it back long term. And, but I never left. And that's the other message I would give to anybody in this program. Don't go. Stay. And it was embarrassing. It was shameful to keep gaining weight and stay in these rooms. And I, I had been, you know, like kind of like a little bit of a star. We say we have no stars, but, you know. I had experienced the joy of abstinence and reaching goal weight, and, and that was gone. And uh, my pride suffered, and, but I kept coming back, and I don't know why I did, but I did. And um, so, you know, that's been my story, and what's happened with that is that um, I've done just about everything you shouldn't do, and when a sponsee says something to me, I, I know where they're at, and I know what they're thinking Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But, you know, it's pretty hard uh, to kid a kidder, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've worked this program for a long time. So, you know, we're, we work with denial and we work with dishonesty. That's the way we are. We're compulsive overeaters. And, and when I first came in this program, I would have told you I'm the most honest person in the world, and today I wouldn't tell you that at all. I tell you I, I lie when the truth would do as well. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I'm like, why? why did I do that? I don't know, because I'm not good enough. And so what sponsoring does for me 
is bring my character defects to the front so I get to see them because I'm not good enough to sponsor anybody but I do it every day because that's what I have to do to keep my abstinence and I just have it's like you know you go oh maybe I'll eat that and then you go no wait even though I feel like eating that I think maybe I won't eat that because I'm abstinent and I go I'm not good enough to sponsor wait I have to sponsor I guess I'll sponsor you know no matter how I'm feeling I've learned not to um, to let those things stop me I'm not really good enough to stand up here and talk to you guys but here I'm doing it you know so I must be good enough right service requires me to do things that challenge my character defects so um, I'm going to share with you um, a few things that I learned when I uh, went to world service this year and on sponsorship I went to a sponsorship workshop there by the way if you go to oa.org and if you go to the world service business conference you can get uh, CDs of all the workshops that were there including the sponsorship workshop which was very enlightening Um, And I recommend it. But, um, you know, here's some of the things I heard. Uh, My job is to carry the message, not worry about how it's received. Quit working the steps and start living the steps. Uh, Membership is not recovery. Recovery is in the steps. Um, uh, I actually, my sponsor lives... Mm, you know, a couple hours away, I learned that I don't have to have a sponsor that goes to the same meetings I do. When I couldn't find a sponsor that was available, I I got a wingman, wingwoman. She said, I'm going to help you find a sponsor. So, you know, everywhere she went, she'd call me, she'd say, call this person. I think they'd be good. So she helped me. So that was really good. Um, and uh, one of the things they talked about at the World Service Conference was, um, you know the concept of speed dating? You know, you have the people on one side that stay, uh, like they're sitting in a chair at a table, and they stay there, and then other people move from table to table, and they have just a few minutes to talk to each other and decide if they want to maybe continue that. Sponsorship, speed dating, you know? Sponsors that are available, or maybe not even available, uh, sponsors that can talk to people just a few minutes and move on you get to hear a lot about sponsorship from a lot of people um, the other thing I need to remember is that I'm nobody's higher power I have a magnet on my refrigerator that says there's two things you need to know about higher power or God it actually says there's two things you need to know about God there is one and you're not it and <laughs> I, I have to remember that I'm nobody's I'm nobody's higher power. Everybody's got a higher power. The steps are what lead you to your higher power. I want my sponsees to become higher power dependent, not sponsor dependent. And that's my goal. I I sponsor people like I am being sponsored and have been sponsored. I weigh and measure. I call my sponsor every morning and I tell her if I was abstinent the day before. I tell her what I'm going to eat for the day. Um, I um, read something out of the big book and um, uh, write about it and read that to her. My sponsees do the same thing. When somebody asks me to be their sponsor, I say, 
okay, you know, call me at um, 6.15 in the morning, um, read something from the big book every day, and write about it. I don't care if you just read the title and write about the title. Do it every day. And they do it. And um, you know what? It sounds, a lot of people, I used to have trouble with people disappearing, you know, not wanting to do this, not wanting to do that, arguing with me about it, you know, or you know, wanting to do it this way or that way or whatever. And, and I, I, there's lots of ways to sponsor people. And I tell people, this is the way I do it. And so there's lots of other ways, and they're not wrong. So find somebody else that does it more like you like it if you don't like to do it this way. That's fine. There's no blame, no shame. Go for it. It's got to work for you. But it also has to work for me. So since I've set those boundaries straight, my life is a lot... Joy. We're supposed to be talking about joy here. There's no greater joy than, and other people have said this, to see um, somebody discover what I didn't know was there. I came in this program to lose weight. I didn't know what other treasures were waiting for me. And when you see someone get on the other side of, thank you, when you see somebody get on the other side of abstinence and finally get what it really means, it's like, oh, my God. I could do that for somebody. I mean, I didn't do it for them, but, you know, I could help them along the way. Uh, my experience, all those crappy things I went through count for something. You know, they say, you know, we won't regret the past and wish to shut the door on it. No matter how far down the scale we've gone, we'll see how our um, experience can benefit others. And, and to me, it gives meaning to my life to know that um, I can do that. And it's... Uh, it's a privilege, and I get to stay abstinent. Thank you. Did you take the paperwork? The paperwork? No. Okay, <clears throat> so now I'm going to draw questions from the Ask It basket for our panelists to answer. Um, how much time do we have? So 15? Okay. What is your time limit for working with your sponsees? Is it 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes? No, it's taped. Do we each say something? Somebody, whoever wants well, to. Well, I think I said it before, but it was I like to sit with them either an hour or an hour and a half max. But I do set that time aside, and I don't want to cut them short because I don't think it's fair. I don't want to – I'm sorry. Oh, per week. I usually meet meet with them once a week. When I'm working the steps, I like to keep going. Even if they haven't done any work, I still meet with them. Do they call me every day? Oh, I have some people call me every day. If that works for them, sure. Call me every day. Uh, it, um, I usually – the time limit, I'll call them. I usually call people back because I have my ringer off. And uh, time limit. I don't answer calls, or sometimes I do, and I let them know that I'm busy, that I have two or three minutes, I'm at work. 
But if you have something specific to say, if not, I'll call you back when I have time. That's what I usually say. But I, I say that this call is really important to me because it is. But I don't have the appropriate time to give you right now. Anyone else want to address that? Or? Okay, I, I do um, – I have people call me 15 minutes in the morning, and I'm tight about the time because i got people lined up. So 15 minutes. Um, they can call me at other times during the day, but I don't promise to be there or be available. But during that time when they say they're going to call, I expect them to call. And <laughs> I sound like a hard-ass, don't I? <laughs> it works. Anyway, so um, I uh, – and, and I'm there, and I'm hard on myself. I'm there. I'd, I'm I'm going to be there, and then I meet with them every couple of weeks or so, maybe every month. That you know, that's a little more flexible, and usually we spend about an hour together. Then when we do that, okay. <clears throat> How do you receive fifth steps? How do you show compassion without needing to fix? Um, well, I like to definitely meet with uh, a sponsee face-to-face to do a fifth step. And uh, I think um, the best gift that I got during my fifth step, when I gave my fifth step away, was um, just to listen and just to be a loving witness to that person's um, sharing. And when appropriate, um, I share my experience as it has related or, you know, I, I can tell if a sponsee is in a lot of shame and, you know, there's tears and it's a hard thing to share. And it's one of those things. I had several of them on my fourth step that I thought I will never, ever tell another living person this. Um, then I'll, I'll share with them something that was really hard for me to share and how, how freeing it was for me. Um, the second part of that was about being a compassionate listener. And... Um, it's something I continue to work on because I'm a talker. And so I, I have to just, you know, I, I really have to bring God into it and really ask for higher power to just be, you know, kind of available for my person, uh, my sponsee, to just share what they need to share. And a lot of times I will just listen and then um, I'll just ask questions and direct that person to some self-care actions because I think that's what we all really need is how to learn you know, how to love ourselves and give ourselves the gentleness that um, maybe we didn't have. I work with new sponsees, and after three to four months, they keep having relapses and not doing the tools, especially going to meetings. I drop them. Is it right or not? Okay. Do I? No, I don't drop them. They just usually fall off. I mean, they usually go away. So I don't drop them. I don't say, you know, you're fired or you can't come back. I'm very compassionate because I, you know, I've I've had a lot of life struggles or whatever, and and uh, you know, people are in different areas in their lives. You know, they can't. Maybe they can't work this program right now, but at least still give them hope that the program works and that that uh, maybe another sponsor will work or whatever. But uh, I, I've had some sponsees that, yeah, they don't do new work, but 
I try to remain, you know, keep the door open so they can call me back when they're ready. A lot of sponsees call me back three months later, a year later. All of a sudden, hey, I'm ready to work the steps again. Okay, all right, so let's do it. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, good. I forgot the question already. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the, uh, kind of the way my uh, sponsoring is structured, it, it kind of uh, – because people call me every day, and if they don't call me, then, hmm, something's wrong. Uh, and we work the steps little by little by going through the big book. And, and um, so um, – Usually, I don't have to drop anybody. They usually fade away like other people have said. But I do also uh, feel like this is can be a hard program to work. And there's been times when I just wasn't ready. There's been times when all I could do was get to a meeting. That happens, you know. And I prefer to work with people that are ready to work the program. I don't want to spend 15 minutes every day talking to somebody that doesn't really want to use the, the tools because they're forced to use the tools by reading and writing and calling and, you know, I mean, that's how it works. Um, so if they don't want to do that, then um, that's fine. It's no shame, no blame. Just go to the meeting, get your butt in the chair. That's good enough. It'll, and I'm testimony to uh, that it can kick in at any time. <laughs> When do you start working the steps with sponsees? At the beginning or wait a few weeks or months? Well, I think um, recovery is in the steps. It's, 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 the tools are great. They help us uh, a lot, but the recovery is really in the steps and you know it was as it was mentioned by one of our other panelists um, you know my job as a sponsor is to really help that person find a higher power that's going to work for them that's that that higher power is going to be available 24 7 to that person if they get into the habit of knowing that it's there I as a sponsor I'm not available 24 7 but the steps are what actually help us recover and lead us, I think, you know, gently to really create a concrete relationship with a higher power, whatever that is. So um, I like to just get going right away. I mean, first we talk about, you know, um, food and, and what needs to happen and what that person's willing to commit to just one day at a time. And then, you know, when they're ready to start picking up the other tools and doing the writing and the reading, let's go. Step one. You know, I've got questions. I send them. And uh, and then it takes the time it takes. Some people whip through them. I whipped through them really fast because I was just so, you know, uh, hyper anxious to get recovered. But um, other people take take longer, and that's okay. I have a sponsee who has difficult social anxiety, and I'm an extrovert. How can I help guide them th through this? It gets in the way of the basics of this program. First of all, first of all I want to state that the, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Um, so it's just the... So, like I said before, I've had uh, sponsees like this, and I just sit with them and give them my time. You know, sometimes I'll just listen. You know, sometimes they talk about how uh, his mom 
uh, doesn't want to help him financially anymore. And he's a 17-year-old kid or 18-year-old kid, you know. And, uh, no, I think he was – yeah, he was an adult definitely. I think he was like 18 or 19. But he was, uh, you know, whatever. You know, he had his head in the toilet, you know. So, uh, you know, I have to make a lot of exceptions for that person. Oh, there's that 700-pound that man that walks in the door first time in a way and asks me if he can call me. <laughs> I mean, you know how many struggles he did just to get into that door? You know, so uh, – you know, I'm a 300-pound man myself. It wasn't easy. Thank God for me that God, my higher power, brought me here, I think, because I never would admit it I was a compulsive reader. Thanks. God, I had more to say than I thought I did, I guess. Um, you know, I, I just I meant to share this before. I, um, I'm presented with uh, challenges a lot with sponsees, and, and um, I certainly don't have all the answers. And uh, I actually use uh, my other uh, friends in a program that are sponsors a lot of times and, uh, uh, anonymously, of course, um, if I know that person knows who my sponsee, and they don't usually because I don't usually divulge that, but um, then I wouldn't. But if they don't, I tell them, you know, I've, I've got this person that's an introvert, and I'm not quite – and they, I get a lot of help that way, you know, from other people. So that's one way that we can help each other as well. What are your opinions on email correspondence with a sponsor versus telephone? I say um, however that person needs to get, reach out to me and be accountable is just fine by me. I do work a full-time job, so I'm on my email all day. I encourage people to email. I'm not always available by phone, especially when somebody's about to take that first compulsive bite. Um, I will read your text. I will respond to it. Um, you know, whatever, whatever media – or not media, but, you know, um, communication means we have right now are okay. The important thing is using them. I think. Thank you. Thank you all. Okay, it is. It is now time for this session to close. Let us thank our speakers and those who have done service for this session. And let us stand and close with the serenity prayer, please.